Hi again, welcome to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we study the scriptures together and where we learn and where we grow together and where we can uh, increase our faith as a group and we can increase our faith as individuals as well. Uh, I wanted to test this one. This is the first uh, podcast that we have with video. Eventually, I want to get to this. Um, I don't know if the next one will be this way, but I just wanted to test it just to see how it will look. So uh, we'll, we'll try something new today. Um, but if you were with us last week, we discussed uh, when the scriptures become real, when we talk about things that we learned last year. How do we want to grow from last year? How do we want to be better from last year? And we discussed that. Um, but today, uh, we want to discuss something uh, just totally, totally different than what we did last week. We want to discuss the topic of criticism. We want to talk about what do you do when you're criticized? What do you do? Um, when you feel like you have received criticism, or how do you give the right type of criticism? And that's kind of uh, what we want to talk about just for a few minutes. This will be a shorter episode because we're testing out the video, but uh, I think we'll still be able to get our point across. And so um, to get our verse for the day or our quote for the day, I picked two. I couldn't pick one. The first one, whatever you do, whether it's good or bad, people will always have something negative to say. So whether you decide to do choice A or whether you decide to do choice B, there will always be some that are glad you picked choice A. There will always be some that you that you didn't pick choice B. So you can't live your life trying to please everyone because you, can, you never can. And so you always have to make the right decision um, that's best for you at the moment. And hopefully it will work out in the end. But then the second quote that I read this morning was positive criticism is a really good friend, but insincere flattery is a fake friend. You know, I got some advice uh, a while ago um, from an older Christian lady. She said, always, um, you know, be careful of those who always uh, give you flattery or always say you're this or you're that or you're that. You know, that's great, um, but you need some you need some positive criticism too. If you're always receiving the you're the best thing since sliced bread things, you know, you'll never get better. But if you have someone to tell you, hey, you could do this better, hey, that was good, but you could do this better, then that actually makes you better than hearing all the great stuff and you don't get better. And so those were two positive quotes. But I was thinking, how do we study this? How do we, you know, what's a good example of someone who was constantly criticized? Obviously, we'll get into Christ later. Um, but I think the main one is, is Moses. You think about the things that Moses went through. Think about all the things that, Moses did for his people and as many times as they kept on complaining and complaining and complaining Moses really in a sense uh, he went out of his way I know it was commanded of God but Moses wanted to help those people and God helped him to help his people and Moses helped them get out of the land Moses guided them and led them through the Red Sea uh, persecuted by the Egyptians coming to get them and he led them through the promised land and when he knew that he couldn't go in from numbers on before he passed away he was preparing another leader to help them and that was Joshua so he was always thinking about his people now and he was thinking about his people in the future how are they going to be when I'm not there how are they going to be when I can't leave them anymore I want to leave them in better hands than me he always did whatever he could for his people but no matter what he did for them, no matter 
what he did, no matter uh, how many times he went out of his way to help his people and to plead on his people's case for, for, from God, they still complain. And that's why the scripture says Moses was the meekest man to ever walk the earth. You know, it, it's estimated that there were about close to a million people coming out of Egypt. Can you imagine a million people complaining just to you? Sometimes we get mad when one person gets mad at us. Or we get mad when a few people get mad at us. Can you imagine thousands, millions mad at every single decision that you made? If you made this decision, okay, I know this half's going to like me and this half is not. If you make this decision, well, I know this half is going to like me, but this half isn't. I can't imagine the pressure and kind of the, the lonely feeling that Moses felt constantly having his authority uh, demeaned by those people. And I want to look at a couple examples here. Again, this is a podcast where we study the scripture together and we let the scripture answer our, our questions. So let's go to Numbers uh, chapter 11. Numbers chapter 11. Look at this. Remember, they just got out of Egypt. Moses and God just did some great things for them. And verse 1, and the people complained. And it displeased the Lord. And he heard it, and his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. But the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed unto the Lord, and the fire was quenched. That's a sign of a great leader. That's a sign of a, of a wonderful leader. No matter if the people love him, or no matter if the people hate him, no matter if the people treat him this way, or no matter if the people treat him totally different, he will always plead on their case because he loves them. No matter if they love him back or not. That's amazing for Moses. You know how many times the relationship between Moses and the children of Israel was like a teeter-totter? Moses, we love you. You're the best thing. Uh, well, let's make a captain and let's go back to Egypt. Moses, you're the best. Thank you so much for saving us. Okay, why, aren't you, why haven't you fed us? You see, it was a constant teeter-totter. But I want you to notice, Moses was always even. But the children of Israel were always up and down. And we'll see later that they were up and down with Moses because they didn't use the eyes of faith. So again, in, in Numbers 11, we have that example of the children of Israel complaining constantly. And look look at what they do. If you go back, uh, let's go to verse 5 of, of chapter 11. And it says this. We remember the fish which we ate in Egypt freely. We remember the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions. But now our soul is so dried away. There is nothing at all besides his manna, by the way, which the Lord provided for them. Which, by the way, if the Lord wouldn't have provided that manna for them, they would have died before our eyes. Look at the ungratefulness of this, these people. And that's really where, <clears throat> that's really where criticism comes from, in, in a sense. Not all the time. Not all the time. But in a sense... And especially here, sometimes criticism comes from being ungrateful. You're not grateful for what you have. And sometimes we take things for granted. You know, a lot of times, especially growing up, sometimes you take simple things, simple things for granted. Sometimes you take your family for granted. Sometimes you take your brothers for granted. Sometimes we, we take the church for granted. We take Christ for granted. We think it's everything's always going to be okay. But, you know, here... 
these people took what God gave them as a gift to save them for granted. All we have is this manna. What do you mean all you have? This is what God gave you. And you still complain? You know, it, it's it's kind of humbling. And we all have a little bit of children of Israel in us. We all have that that time where we feel ungrateful. Lord, I can't believe uh, I have this. I can't believe I don't have this. So be thankful and be grateful for what you do have. Because what you do have... Sometimes that's not that's not a given. So be grateful with what you have. And that's another lesson that I learned. You know, no matter what, no matter what I have right now, and no matter what I don't have, I'm so thankful because I have so much. The Lord has provided so much for me. And I know he's provided so much for you too. And so be grateful. And it'll stop, it'll stop a lot of the criticism we give to number one, God. And it, it'll stop a lot of criticism uh, that we give to our brethren as well. All right, let's keep going. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, let's keep going. Let's go to uh, let's go to Numbers fourteen. Here's another example here. Again, we have the children complaining again, and look at what they do here. <coughs> Verse one. And all the congregation, all of them. Imagine millions of people, all of them at one time. Complaining, they lifted their voice and they cried, and the people wept that night. Notice verse 2 here's where people get in trouble sometimes, and here's where we get in trouble. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in Egypt? Or would we have died in this wilderness? Basically, in a sense, the children of Israel are saying, why did you take us out of Egypt? Why didn't you keep us there? We could have died there. Why do all that hard work and you kill us out here? Look at the ungratefulness that they have. It's, it's insane how ungrateful these people were. Notice, let's keep going. <coughs> Excuse me. And wherefore? Hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, or that our wives and children should be prey? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? You want to go back to bondage? You want to go back to being a slave? Notice verse verse uh, verse four. Now this is this is um, sad. What happens here? And they said to one another, "Let us make a captain, and let us return to Egypt." So basically, Moses, you can't lead. Moses, you don't know what you're doing. So therefore, since you don't know what you're doing, and since God doesn't know what he's doing, I'm going back. You know, I was teaching a Bible class uh, the other day, I think it was a week ago, and one of the teens, they asked me another verse about First uh, Peter chapter 2. It talks about, uh, you know, he said, well, why do people go back to live in sin? Why do they do that? And that was interesting. And I brought up this example. People go back to sin because they don't use the eyes of faith and they don't trust God's leadership. So if I can't see what the leadership sees, if I can't see what God sees, I'll go back. I was better off where I was. At least I had X, Y, and Z. You see, that's why people go back to sin. Because they feel like, well, I had more there. And they don't use the eyes of faith. 
and follow the Lord going this way. And that's important. And let's notice this verse. Let's go to uh, Hebrews. And I want you to notice, talking about faith and talking about the children of Israel. Go to Hebrews 3. And let's start in verse 12. (coughs) Excuse me. Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it's called today. Watch. Lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Their hearts were so hard and their hearts were so deceived that they thought that what Egypt had to offer had to offer was better than what God had to offer. That's what happens, and that's why we have to watch our hearts. Not the heart that beats the blood, but this heart, the mind. The mind can be deceived, and we must watch our hearts. Let's continue. For we made for we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is day, if you hear his voice, Harden not your hearts, as in the day of provocation. Watch. For some, when they heard, they provoked. Howbeit, not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was he grieved for 40 years? Let's just stop right there just to make a side note. The Bible said he was grieved with those people for 40 years. Can you imagine for 40 years being grieved by the same amount of people? Over and over over again no wonder why the bible says moses was the meekest man ever walked the earth he had opportunity after opportunity and even it talks in the scripture i believe in deuteronomy where god said i'm just going to destroy all this and we're going to start over moses said don't do that what will they think what will the egyptians think you see that's why moses was so meek let's continue verse 17 was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness, and to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest, into his rest, but to them that believe not. Watch this. So we see that they could not enter in. Who's the they? The children of Israel. Why couldn't they enter in? Because of unbelief. That's what happens when we don't have faith. We have unbelief. And just like the children of Israel, when we quit on this Christian life, when we quit when things are hard, when we quit when we don't understand what's going on, when we quit when we question God, we won't enter in because of unbelief. But if you use the eyes of faith, you will make it to the promised land. See the correlation there? It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see. But I want to notice one more example. One more. Let's go to Luke chapter 20. Luke chapter 20. And if we go to verse, let's actually start in verse 1. We talk about criticism. We talk about, well, how do we handle it? As a leader, as a preacher, as a deacon, um, as an elder, maybe as a preacher, elder, or deacon's wife, maybe as their children. Sometimes... And this is pretty much a guarantee. You will receive criticism. Whether you're out front, whether no one knows who you are, you will always in some way, shape, or form, 
you will always receive criticism from someone. All right. But I was thinking, well, how can I how can I handle it? How can you handle it? How can great leaders handle it? Well, let's look at the best. You know, Christ was the best and he was criticized by so many. No, I think it's easy. Sometimes we forget when Christ came here, not a lot of people believed him. Not a lot of people followed him. A lot of people were very, very high critics of Christ. And I want to notice one example. Let's see how Christ handled this. <coughs> Excuse me. Luke 20, verse 1. And it came to pass that on one of those days, as he taught the people in the temple, and he preached the gospel, the chief priests and the scribes came upon him with the elders. Can you imagine Christ minding his own business? Christ preaching the gospel. Christ doing what he came here to do. And then can you imagine coming in the temple, all these priests and all these scribes and all these elders coming in, looking at what he's doing. Verse 2, And he spake unto them, I spake unto him, saying, Tell us, by what authority doeth thou these things? Or who is he that gave thee this authority? Who gave you the authority to speak like this? Okay. Verse 3. And he answered Christ and said unto them, I'll ask you one thing, and you answer me. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from men? I love how Christ handled certain situations. You know, some people will question you. Some people will question your decisions. Okay, let me ask you a question. Then you answer me. You want to come with me and, and uh, ask me questions. Let me ask you one. Is John, was it from heaven or was it from men? Look how confused they get. And this is what happens to the wrongful critics of you. This is what they'll do. And they reasoned among themselves saying, well, okay, if we say this, from heaven then he'll say then you believed him not but if we say this all the people will stone us for they'll be persuaded that John was a prophet see that's what happens to Christ's critics and sometimes that'll happen to your critics too they'll have to get together okay well if they say this then we'll do this but if they do this then we'll do that but look at what happens here and they answered and they could not tell what it was and Jesus said, since you can't answer me, neither tell you by I what authority I do these things. You see, everybody doesn't always need an answer. Well, Jordan, that's that's really harsh. That's that's not what Christians should do. Okay, so you're telling me if Christ did it, then I can't. If Christ did it, then you can't. See, sometimes we think we have to answer everyone's questions. No, you don't. Elder. Eldership, you make a decision. You see the vision, the people don't. You tell the vision to the people. You will always have those that agree, and you'll have those who don't. Question. Those who don't agree, they ask you, well, Elder so and so, why did you make this decision? Elder so and so, why'd you do this? You don't have to answer their questions all the time. Where's their, where's their faith? Where's their trust? I'm trying to do what's in the best interest of you. I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to help you. So I don't have to answer that question. We don't have to be, you know, mean or we don't have to be uh, rude about it. But sometimes we just have to tell them, look, 
You just have to trust us. We're trying to do what's in the best interest of the congregation. Preacher, what if you do that? You preach a sermon. Someone doesn't like it. Well, why did you preach on that? Why did you do this? You don't have to answer everyone's questions about everything. You see, Jesus did that. Since you can't answer me, I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. You see, Jesus, he was a meek man. And Jesus was compassionate. Yes, he was. But Jesus also, when it came to doctrine, Jesus didn't play around. And, you know, I heard one uh, one instructor say this. You know, we can't stay on one side and say, well, God is all loving. God is compassionate. God is full of mercy. We can't be a worshiper of that God because that's not him 100%. But God is also just. God is also jealous. God is also a rat, wrathful. You see, we can't be too far on the left side with the lovingness, but we can't be too far on the right side with the discipline. You got to have a, a great mixture of both. And for me, as a preacher of the gospel, that's where the challenge is. And that's where the challenge is to you. Jesus was perfect. Everything in every situation that ever came his way he knew what to do. He knew, okay, if this happens, I need to be compassionate. But if this happens, I need to show them I'm not playing around. If this happens, I'll help them out as much as I can. But if this happens, I need to put my foot down and let them know. See, Jesus was perfect, and he knew 100% how to handle criticism both ways. And that's one way that we can learn from. Learn from the master. Yes, it's great to see what, how other brethren deal with things. It's great, and it's, it's great knowledge. But I'd rather learn from Christ, who is perfect. We're supposed to be following him anyway. And so, how to deal with criticism. You know, um, whatever you do, like the quote said, whether it's good or whether it's bad, somebody's always going to have something negative to say. And here's, here's one thing I want to leave you with. Christ himself perfection on earth, God on earth. As a preacher of the gospel, everyone's not always going to listen to you. Everyone's not always going to agree with you. Everyone's not always going to agree with your decisions. Well, how do you know that? A lot of people didn't agree with Christ. Christ had to do a lot of things alone. Remember before he was crucified? Scripture says, and the disciples fled. Christ was alone. There's a lot of situations where sometimes, sometimes you cannot, you cannot be afraid to stand by yourself. You can't be. And Jesus personified that perfectly. So if Christ, remember the, the rich young ruler when Christ told him, you fall all this from your youth? He said, but you lack one thing. Give all that you have to the poor and follow me. And the rich young ruler left because he had great possessions. You see, not everyone even listened to Christ himself. Not everyone even listened to God walking on earth, God in front of him. And he denied him and walked off. You see, we can't take it personal. And it, it's, it's hard to at times. But you can't take it personal if you, you're not listened to. The best advice that I've ever gotten about preaching. You get up. You don't say what you think. You don't say what's happened to you. 
you get up, you tell them about Christ, you tell them how to be more about, more like Christ, and then you sit down. Whether they agree with you or whether you they don't agree with you, no matter what happens to you, God will always take care of you. Always. And I've tried to live uh, by that rule as a preacher as long as I've heard that. And I give you that advice, preacher. I give you that advice, elder, deacon, those in leadership. Just get up. Say what Christ said. Sit down. they agree with you, great. If they don't agree with you, treat them the same way. God will always protect you. He always will. And so that's how we handle criticism. That, that was a great study for me. Um, just to look at the life of Moses and how meek he was and look at the life of Christ to see how meek he was as well. Uh, that was that was a great study and that's something that you know I want to implement more uh, into my life too. Because again, in this podcast what we're talking about, I've said this multiple times and I'll continue to say it, I don't have everything figured out. I don't. I don't have everything lined up. I'm still working on things just like you are. So I'm not perfect. I'm nowhere near it. I've got so far to go. But I want to get there with you together. And we're going to work on it together as we continue to study. All right. So uh, that was the podcast uh, for the day. Um, again, you can follow on. You can follow when the scriptures become real at Pew, P-U-G-H-J-25 um, on Twitter. You can also listen. Um, on LinkedIn, the professional site. Just look up my name, Jordan Pugh. Uh, please subscribe, like, and share on YouTube. Just look up when the Scriptures Become Real podcast. You can subscribe there. You can also share there as well. We are also on iTunes. Look up when the Scripture Becomes Real. Subscribe on iTunes. And I've just uh, also been approved on uh, Google Play. So we're there for the Apple users. And we're also there for the uh, Android users as well. So look us up on uh, iTunes, and you can also look us up on Google Play. Um, still some more things in the works. We'll continue to give you those details when they come out. Um, but, you know, I pray for the work where you are. I pray for your personal growth. I pray that you keep growing and uh, you keep loving, loving Christ and loving the urge to get better. That's how we get better. Never be satisfied. Always, how can I get better? And take every day and, and do that. And so that's the goal of this podcast, and hopefully we can get there together. All right, we'll see you all on the next podcast.